0: Well, good morning, City Light. Uh, as As Eric said, I have the honor and privilege to be on the elder team here at at City Light. I'm also one of the um, the city group leaders. Our city group, Oak Ridge group, uh, it, it, it's a great group because uh, each week we're we're digging into the Word of God. A, a couple of weeks ago, our ministry out. Our mission out was picking up trash along College View Road, and then the next week we're eating strawberries, digging into the Bible. I mean, it, it's a great group. I, I love being, being a part of it. And, um, but today, as Eric said, I get the privilege uh, to share from you God's Word and share from my heart. You know, we've been talking about marriage and relationships over these last few weeks as, as we've, been, we've been digging into the song, but, um, you know, I'm not an expert in that field by any means, you know. But I've been learning the hard way, and because of that, my wife Dory and I uh, will be be married 27 years this coming summer, uh, n- <laughs> next month actually. Yeah, help, help me remember that, would you? You know, she really should get me get, get a medal for staying with me that long. Now I remember vividly the day that Dory and I met. Um, we were in college. I was standing in line at the registrar's office uh, to pay my tuition bill when in walks Dory into the hallway. And as soon as she walked in, the angels broke out in the hallelujah chorus. Oh, and I was like, man, and I had to pick my jaw up off the floor. I mean, this lady was and is breathtaking and beautiful. And, and over the course of that school year, uh, as things progressed, you know, we're getting to know each other, and we start, have, we start bringing up the topic of marriage, and we start discussing it. And I remember our conversation about marriage went something like this, Dory says, you know, why do you want to get married? And I reply, you know, Dory, I I like to take the biblical approach to marriage and dating. And at this point, I quoted some scripture. I said, it it says in 1 Corinthians 7, 9, that it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And Dory, I'm on fire in one big hunk of burning love. And you know what? It worked. We got married. And we're still married. Well, that verse has became... uh, became kind of special to us, so much so that Dory had it engraved inside of my wedding ring. The scripture reference, 1 Corinthians 7, 9, love Dory, inside my, my gold wedding ring. You know, I still have the ring on today, but you know, gold has this interesting metallurgical characteristic. You know, the longer you have it, the more apt it is to shrink in size. You know, especially in these humid Midwest summers. You know, I, I, gold contracts. I don't know why, but, but eventually I had to get my uh, ring resized. And, and to get it off my finger, I had to call the fire department, and they came with the jaws of life to cut it off. <laughs> no, seriously, though, I, I had to have it resized a few years back. And then since then, I had it resized again back to its original size. And in the process, the lettering on the inside that said 1 Corinthians 7, 9 has been lost. But the words, Love Dory, remain clear today. You know, our love remains, and, and this ring remains on, on my finger as a sign of our commitment, as a sign of our love that, that we uh, said to each other on July 25th all those years ago. But you know what? Unfortunately, too many wedding rings come off for the wrong reason. They come off, and they, they stay off. Forgotten reminders of, of a marriage long ago, collecting dust as, as marriages grow dim. In this series on the songs, we've covered a lot of different topics. We've talked about passion, we've talked about purity, we've talked about intimacy and conflict. And we've even looked at some very real and practical application during our Passion and Purity Conference a couple of weeks ago. Well, today we wrap up our our time in this book um, as we come to the end of the wedding song in chapter 8, and as we do, this chapter offers probably the clearest definition of what love is that we find in the book. And Solomon gives us three pictures to to describe and define what love is in the context of marriage. And here they are. Love is leaning, love is larger than just two, and love is lasting. Well, let's dive into to what these are. Love is leaning. Look again at verse 5. Who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? I mean, this is a beautiful picture of the bride leaning in on, on her groom. You know, leaning in with, with her head on his chest, kind of snuggling in. And the closeness that's displayed here, that's talked about here, is really a sign of affection. It's a sign of closeness, a sign of trust, one of that displays security and dependence on one another. Thus far in the song, uh, most of the descriptions that we have of each other have been mostly physical, focusing on beauty and attractiveness and, and that they have for one another, describing individual features. And you have to admit that, that the poetic love language of the song is captivating, isn't it? I mean, n- nothing says I love you like telling your wife her hair is like a flock of goats, you know, and her teeth are like a flock of sheep. <laughs> you know, Dory was hooked as, as soon as I told her your neck is like the Tower of David, you know, built in rows of stone. <laughs> she was swept off her feet when I eloquently expressed my love with the words, your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon, you know. <laughs> That's when the fire started burning, baby. <laughs> You know, here here in chapter 8, we see that mature love is pictured in a different way. This intimacy is not sexual. Rather, it's presented in a very intimate relationship. This biblical definition of what love is goes beyond just the physical to a beautiful relationship that's based on security, trust, safety, and closeness. And this closeness is described as the husband and wife leaning on one another. So husbands, let me ask you, are you lovably leanable? Are you opening up your heart? Are you making yourself available to an embrace that goes beyond just the physical? Do you provide a sense of security that goes beyond the finances of just a steady paycheck? Are you opening up to a relational depth that fosters relational stability? And really, are, are you pursuing Christ? Are you pursuing Christ in, in such a way that that becomes an attractive feature to your wife? I saw this kind of attraction uh, with a couple that we knew in Wisconsin years ago. And our church was doing, doing a study on marriage and this topic of, of uh, this character idea of, of men pursuing Christ and that being an attractive feature. It came up in our, in our discussion. And there, there was a, an older couple there that, that day named Raya and Annette. And Annette was usually very quiet, very reserved. And at one point in the study, she just piped in and said, I think it's sexy when men study their Bible. And at that point, I said, Dory, hand me my Bible. <laughs> I'm about to do some serious study. You know, honestly, though, I need to ask, men, are you living your lives in such a way that, that your wives want to lean in? Is your pursuit of Christ more attractive in the, to your wife than your chiseled features and your six-pack abs? You know, you can bring home all the bacon you want, but if there's not a safe, loving place to fry it up and a place to enjoy it, then it means nothing. There are times where we need to stop pursuing the promotions and start pursuing Jesus just as intensely. And when we do, we just might see that our wives are passionately pursuing us in return. Two weeks ago, when, when Pastor Eric preached on conflict, he said that, that in his sermon that there are just two problems in marriage conflict, the, the husband and the wife. So therefore, I need to ask you wives here that day, you ladies, are you leaning on your husband are you letting yourself rest in his leadership? Are, are you letting him lead? Are you trusting in the sense of security that, that he can bring to the table, that he can provide? When you do it, it opens up to discovering this, this sense of mature intimacy and closeness that the song describes here at the end. Now that doesn't mean we have to give up our individuality, but there are times where, where we do need to lean. And it's okay to admit that. It's okay to say, I need you. I need to lean on you. So for those that are in a relationship here today, you know, are you living two independent lives? Or is there some leaning going on? Are you learning what it looks like to lean in your marriage? So husbands, give her something to lean on, and wives, lean in. Now, to, to those of you that are maybe in an early stage of a relationship, not married yet, it's okay to practice some leaning. In other words, practice being transparent and open and saying, you know what, I, I really could lean on you in this stage of my life right now. To those of you who are single, man, first of all, lean into Jesus. And then lean into the, the sense of community that our church offers. Lean into the community that, that a city group offers. And begin to experience what it's like to support one another through a city group. So love is leaning. That's the first thing that, that we see in our text today. But second of all, love is larger than just two. Look again at verse 5. Under the apple tree I awakened you. There your mother was in labor with you. There she bore you. There she who bore you was in labor. Now, some of you are probably thinking, man, why did you have to bring my mother-in-law into the picture? (laughs) You know? But marital love, as described throughout the Song of Songs, has this element where family and friends are are included. It's not simply a private agreement between two couples, between two people. Now, before your minds go off on a a rabbit trail, let me just be clear. The physical intimacy part described in the song is only for a husband and wife. But the point here is that we don't stand alone in our marriage relationships. You know, have have you ever noticed that on a wedding day, uh, a lot of pictures are taken. And many of those pictures have the whole wedding party, you know, as a part of it. It, They got family, they got friends, they got family all together. And they're all there celebrating this new couple together on that day. You know, marriage is bigger than just the husband and the wife. And all all throughout the the song, there's this group of people that the text calls the others or the daughters of Jerusalem, and they're continually present in the the lives of this newly married couple. They're celebrating the marriage of this couple right alongside with them. They're there in the the midst of this back-and-forth dialogue that, that we see present. They're asking questions. They're making declarations. They're proclaiming the couple's love. There is a community present throughout the whole and here in verse, verse 5, the bride just mentions the groom's father as a way of saying that you are here today now with me because of your previous family generations. And there will be future generations coming from us as a result of our union. She's simply celebrating the fact that his mom gave birth to him. Because without, without it, there would be no him there that day. Folks, the Bible teaches us that we are not to go about marriage, life, in isolation. We do so in community, with family, with church family, with city groups, with brothers and sisters in Christ. The, the strongest marriage relationships have strong peer relationships. Now, what does that look like? For me, I have guy friends that I meet with on a regular basis, and they have complete permission to ask me how my marriage is doing, how, how my wife is doing. And, and we, we ask ourselves those questions. I, I ask them the same questions in, in return. And you know, we need friendships like that, that can go beyond the veneer of surface things. We, we need other married couples in our lives that, that can walk with us through the, maybe the parenting struggles that people go through, that maybe have gone, gone down that road before. And we need these people in our lives not just to commiserate, but to challenge when needed. To offer a check and balance when, when we might be getting a little sideways in our relationships. You know, Satan, Satan wants to isolate us in our relationships. But Scripture repeatedly demonstrates that life is meant to live in community. You know, marriage is hard at times. And we need all the help we can get. You know, if, if you're struggling in a certain area of your rela- relationship, If you're struggling in your marriage, I guarantee you that someone here at City Light has been there, has gone through it as well. So I encourage you to talk with one of the pastors, talk with one of the elders, and and ask for help because people will come alongside you to strengthen you. Just be open to that kind of guidance. Be open to the the wisdom of other Christ followers, what they can offer. Love is leaning Love also looks and is larger than the mister and the missus. Thirdly, love is lasting. Love is to be lifelong. Here lies this final and foundational piece of the song that that we need to spend time on. Listen again to the words of verses 6 and 7. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is strong as death, jealousy as fierce as the grave, its flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, and neither can floods drown it. If a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. You know, in bi- biblical times, a seal was a guarantee of ownership. It was a way of saying that this, whatever the seal is on, it's mine. It was a visual symbol that says, you know, that's not only mine, but I stand behind whatever the seal is on. And the bride here this day is making two requests. She says, set me as a seal upon your heart and a seal upon your arm. And her request to be a seal on the heart expresses her desire to be loved down to the very core of his being. A love that is inward and internal. She's saying this love that we have between us, make it a permanent part of who you are. Make it a part of your DNA. Seal that love in such a way that nothing can break our commitment. And then when she asked, you know, set me as a seal on your arm, she's asking that our love not only be inward and and internal, but also outward and visible for other people to see. You know, she's saying let the world know that we love each other. You know, today we have wedding rings that married couples wear as that outward visible symbol of the commitment. You know, I wear my ring as a symbol of my commitment to Dory. This says I stand behind my marriage covenant and I stand behind my my love for my wife. But Solomon takes it to an even deeper level and says that love is as permanent as the grave says, love is as strong as death, jealousy is fierce as the grave. And he uses this word picture of of death and the grave to communicate that we are to love until death do us part. Permanence. And the word jealousy there is is not the word envy that we might think of, it, but rather it's it's a resolute devotion. It's zeal, it's passion, it's single-minded loyalty for that one person. A love that... Love this zealous and passionate by its very nature is intended to last all the way to the grave. So being single minded in our devotion is also a sober reminder not to let your mind stray. In other words, keep keep your mind from wandering to questions like, man, I wonder what it would be like to be married to her and not my spouse. Or I wonder what, what he would treat me like if I was married to him. Stay away from those mind games that Satan wants you to play. And if for some reason you did head down that wrong path, just seek God's forgiveness and start pursuing the one that you're married to. Keep your spouse at the forefront. Keep her at the forefront of your mind. Keep that passion burning, both physically and mentally devoted. Be present in thought, words, and deeds. Be sealed in each other's arms. And then then he says that this passion, this love is like a flame of the Lord. And when it's it's the flame of God, this is something that cannot be quenched. You know, even the Missouri River and flood stage can't can't quench it. This is eternal fire. This couple's love will have no end and neither should ours. You know, for me, my single-minded devotion has been for Dory. And she could proudly proclaim the Dave, you wear that seal because you are mine. And I can say, lean on in, Dory. Lean on in. You know, Solomon, the, the author of, of the song, started out his life on the right track. But by the end, we know that he had literally 700 wives and 300 concubines and men, that's not a good thing. L- listen to the words of First Kings of how describes his downfall because of that. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women along with the daughter of Pharaoh. Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women. From the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they be with you. For surely they will turn your heart after their gods. Solomon, he clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. And when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord, the Lord is God. Solomon wrote this book near the end of his life. And, and he did so at that stage in life where, where we say, I wish I knew then what I know now. So that's the perspective that Solomon is is writing this at. So here's a man that had all, literally all the wealth in the world. He had riches, and he used that money to buy women. And his testimony in the end was, if a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. What a sobering autobiographical conclusion to his life. Well, let me wrap up with two implications that rise from our text today. The first is that married love is a lifelong, exclusive commitment. And the second is the gospel. The gospel that says God's love for us is a lifelong and eternal, lifelong commitment. See, Christ's love for us is a permanent example of love. Not only is his love for us as strong as as death, but his love overcomes death. Jesus loved us all the way to his death on the cross, but he didn't stay in the grave. He loves us today, now, through his resurrection life. So I'm talking about a love that tribulation cannot touch, that trials cannot terminate, persecution can't put an end to, famine can't finish, nakedness can't nullify, danger can't demolish, and the sword can never sever, a love that even death cannot destroy. And how do we know that? How do we know? Because Jesus has put his seal on us, the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians says, God has anointed us and has put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says, In Christ you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. And 2 Timothy chapter 2 reminds us that God's firm firm foundation stands, bearing this seal, the Lord knows who are His. His love for us, His love for you never ends. He has sealed it with a permanent proclamation that says, I stand behind and I stand for all who believe in my name. The name of Christ is is on all those who profess that Jesus is both Lord and God. And we have the promise of Romans 8 that says, If God is for us, then who can be against us? Because of the gospel, we are sealed. God's love for us cannot be quenched. His burning passion for his people will not grow dark. His love cannot be bought. His grace cannot be earned. And his love lasts for eternity. You know, I realize sometimes in life we lean we lean on in and and we end up taking a fall. We end up hurt and broken because of sin that has gotten in in the way of the relationship, has, has distorted God's original intent, and you might have tried leaning, even you thought it might have been stable, but you end up feeling pain. Maybe mistakes were made, adultery committed, trust was broken. I get that. I understand that. But it's never too late to lean on Jesus. Like a marriage ceremony, we still need to say, I do. We need to say, I do, to Jesus. Jesus, I do claim you as a Savior from my sin. I do proclaim you as Lord of my life. I do want to follow you, to run after you. I do want your seal upon me inside my heart and outward for all those to see So today, this morning, say I do to Jesus because Jesus says I do to you. And he has given you his seal. Each each week we celebrate the fact that Jesus has put his seal upon us, both inwardly and through his Holy Spirit, but we also have an outward seal that reminds us every week of that commitment. It's called communion or, or the Lord's Supper. And whenever, whenever we celebrate communion, it's, it's this visual re- reminder that His body was broken for you and His blood was shed for you. And when we take that bread and, and, and dip it into the juice and, and partake of it, it's a way of Jesus saying, you know what? I'm committed to you. So for us as believers, for those who follow Christ, it's that visual reminder that says, you know what, I do to Jesus, and Jesus says, I do to us. So this morning, we're, we're going to celebrate communion as that visible reminder. We're, we're going to do so to celebrate what Christ has done for us and just to reaffirm the fact that we say, I do to Jesus. Let, let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have given us your seal, that you have set your seal upon us. So, Father, this morning, help us to respond to you by saying, I do. Father, we do follow you. We do want to commit to you. We do want to love you with every aspect that we are. We want to have your love in us inside and out. Thank you, Jesus, that you have made this possible through your death, through your resurrection and the life that you give us. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.